Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Maller here. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full lineup of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you. One of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. Following the Game 1 annihilation, which was really just a first-half annihilation by the Rockets, it certainly seemed like the Utah Jazz would not be much of an obstacle for the Rockets. It was a mess of a first half. But we pointed out in a previous edition of the Ben Maller Show that despite that splatter that came out of the Utah Jazz in Game 1, they did settle down in the second after after falling behind by a gazillion points and actually outscored the Rockets in game in in that game one in this in the third and fourth quarter and people said, Well, it doesn't really matter. It's a blowout, who cares? Well, clearly the Jazz parlaying that with some other adjustments, in series adjustments, and uh, they came out and uh, they were the dominant team, outscoring the Rockets three out of four quarters, controlling the uh, the game. I mean, the, the game was was played at a, a high pace. The, the Jazz got 116 points. But in the end, if you did not watch it, I think you know the outcome, the the Utah Jazz winning 116 to 108. So that means now home court advantage swings back to Utah, and the Jazz now will have a chance if they just hold serve and we, we know that how difficult and how rude the fans in Salt Lake City are. You think of heathens 
You think of the Mormons in Salt Lake. Remember Russell Westbrook just calling out the fans in Utah and how horrible that environment is. So I'm sure that James Harden and uh, Chris Paul are looking forward to visiting Salt Lake City uh, for the playoffs. Remember, the, the Jazz, have, they figured out Chris Paul last year. Uh, the, the Jazz were able to beat Chris Paul in the in the playoffs. I've remembered. I have not forgotten that. Yeah, I have not forgotten. I have uh, not let that go at all. So let's discuss here a Utah Jazz win. Does this say more about the Jazz or does this say more about the Rockets? That's the question. All right, I am going to go first here, and it clearly says more about the Rockets. Did the Utah Jazz play better? Absolutely. No question about it. Congratulations. Good job by them. But the story here is the Rockets. They're the team that won 65 games. They're the team that's got the de facto MVP of this year, James Harden. Uh, And I've heard from many of the NBA media elite how great Chris Paul is, how wonderful he is. And uh, over and over, of course, I've been the only voice in the night here pointing out the truth, truth in broadcasting about the Rockets. Uh, But it it says a lot more about the Rockets, not just because the better story is in the losing locker room, but my thoughts on this, you've got satisfying, eye-opening, and troubling as well. You've got those three things, and we will, you know the drill, right? We'll tie them all together, and we'll make it seem somewhat reasonable. Uh, the first thing here is the way the Jazz were able to attack the Houston Rockets and not fold up their tent. See, that's one of the things about the Minnesota Timberwolves. They, they was over when the, the, the Rockets came out and put up a 50-burger on Minnesota, they they had they owned it. It was Minnesota knew they weren't going to win the series. It was their competitive juices were Gonskis, right? They were done. That that was it. But the the Jazz bouncing back on the road without anyone you've ever heard of doing anything of note in this particular game, right? I mean, the the, the Jazz were not predicted to even win a game in this series. And yet, the collection of no-names, players in the witness protection program who just continued to play basketball and not concede anything, uh, led by Joe Ingles, who, as I pointed out, I believe I'm correct on this, if you were playing pickup basketball in any YMCA, any boys and girls club, any street ball anywhere, Joe Ingles would be... Not the first guy picked. He'd be closer to the end. If <laughs> you know what they ought to do, they ought to do one of those cheese ball YouTube video bits where they vignettes where they take Joe Ingles out. They dress him like you know just in regular non you know nonchalant clothes, weekend clothes, and they take him to like Venice Beach where they play pickup basketball. They take him to Harlem. Uh, they play pickup or Chicago. Some of the great pickup basketball, Detroit, and they put him out there, and no one would pick him. I mean, who's going to recognize Joe Ingles? No one's going to recognize him. Racist. He's Australian. He's not. We're not. Uh, you can rip Australians, right? Are we allowed to rip Australia? I didn't get the memo from man. We can't rip Aussies. Oh man, what about our the guy that calls from Australia? We can't rip him, the Aussie guy. But he does the impersonations. He's probably so excited right now, the Aussie guy, because he's been demanding that we talk more Australian sports, and here we are. 
Finally, it's all come together. It took Joe Ingles going 10 of 13, a Larry Bird-like stat line from the floor, 7 of 9 from three-point range, and the the Jazz victory. But it was not a one-man show. The other thing about this is the Jazz winning on the road, and the guy you thought would be the headliner, the one that was supposed to lead the way, Donovan Mitchell, was 6 of 21. Garbage. So this is a satisfying performance uh, for the Utah Jazz. And obviously, if it's for me and the, you know, the few people that have pointed out how the Rockets are flawed, uh, and you know, con- congratulations to Quinn Snyder, the coach of the Utah Jazz. But he's just merely taking the Maller advice that we've been giving out here and running with it. Now, the second part of this is how eye-opening. This is and discouraging for the Houston Rockets at home. Clearly, more talent, uber talented. The Rockets and they went out there. Like, they strutted out there, like, all right, we're going to go through the motions here. We're just going to show up, and uh, we'll we don't have to show up in the first half, and then in the second half, we'll go turbo time, and uh, we'll do the same thing we did to Minnesota in the first round. And Utah is going to get into the fetal position and suck their thumb like a baby and start pouting and singing Rockabye Baby. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. The Jazz, there was that run. There was that explosion by the Rockets after halftime, and they came out, they took the lead, and instead of folding the tent there, instead of having the pouty face and sulking and whining, the Jazz actually reestablish themselves. Let's go, let's go into the raucous locker room, though, because that's where the the dismay is. You start in one game, right? So, ah, one game, who cares? They can go to Salt Lake and win. Sure, they can go to Salt Lake City and win. They can also go to Salt Lake City and lose the next couple of games and be down three games to one to the Utah Jazz. Mike D'Antoni, head coach of the Houston Rockets, you must be proud of your team's performance, Yes. It could be a wake up. They're awake. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, sometimes human nature takes over and sometimes you, you're trying and you don't realize that we're step slow and all that. But uh, we'll be ready. We'll be ready. Whether it's a wake up call or not, we'll be ready. You could hear D'Antoni's head working. Like, we need to play that again. Because at the beginning of the bite, that was, I assume the question was, uh, is this game a wake up call? And so, like, it was a leading question. So D'Antoni then takes the bait, right? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. But then he realizes that's an indictment on him, right? Because he's the coach. His job is to make sure the team's ready to play, right? He, he shouldn't have to provoke the team to play, right? And so he realizes as he's answering the question, wait a minute, this makes me look bad. So let me let me step back on that. It could be a wake-up call. They're awake. I mean, you know, it's just... <laughs> Could be a wake up. No, no, they're awake. They're awake. Could be a wake up. They're awake. I mean, (laughs) oh, Dan Tony. I God, I'm so happy. The entire time I've been at Fox Sports Radio, he's been coaching random NBA teams. It's just marvelous. Good day, mate. Yeah. All right. Let's hear from James Harden. He's hiding. Uh, James Harden is very embarrassed. The reason he wears that beard is because of games like this. He wants to hide from the cameras so people can't see his expressions. On his face. That's the real reason he wears the beard. So, James Harden, you defend the Rockets losing to Joe Ingles and allowing him to go 10 of 13. Defend defend your guys. They lost by double digits. They were going to come out and, and have a different game plan and make shots and 
do things differently. And it kind of caught us off guard a little bit. So we adjusted to it in that second quarter. You know, we started being a little bit more aggressive and things change, you know, but we can't get down 19 no matter who we're playing. Really? I bet you you could fall down 19 against the Atlanta Hawks or the Phoenix Suns and it'd be no problem. You know, team tanks, I think, you know, if they're trying to tank, they could just fold up. All right, one more from James Harden here. And uh, the beard, you hear the question in this one, you'll hear the answer. And it's all about the appearance of James Harden. Uh, why did it seem to irritate me? You had that irritated look. <laughs> What's that? You know, the I don't I get look a like call. A, I'm look- not getting a call or. You didn't see him push me down or that sort of thing. Did that uh, kind of? I mean, I look like that all the time. That's just in my facial expression. <laughs> I think it's the beard. It's the beard. I can't. He's, he seems annoyed. He seemed like, and, then, and I give the, the the jazz. I hate giving credit out because you know it's it's not how I operate. I'm not wired that way. But the uh, Utah Jazz. So the same thing we've we've talked about so often. When you are the underdog and you have a very slim chance of winning, you then have to become as annoying as possible, right? When you when you are facing what appears to be a Herculean task, and that is what the Utah Jazz are facing, the trial and tribulations here, uh, you have to make it as uncomfortable as you possibly can. You have to be the pest, and they they did that. They, the Jazz were annoying. The Houston Rockets. So that's a troubling sign because you figure it's only going to get worse in Salt Lake City, meaning that some of the secondary players on the Jazz, who actually some of these guys played very well in this game that was played last night, but that usually happens more at home than it does on the road. So my advice to the Jazz, I think I'm being very reasonable, is to uh, they're not going to win another game in Houston, although the Rockets are capable of a brain fart, but the odds are against you. Right, the odds are good. So you're gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna need another sloppy Rockets performance, which is what the Rockets provided tonight in this game, where they shot forty percent and they, they didn't make three point shots and all that. It was, it was, it was, it was ugly. It was ugly for them. Uh, but outside of that, the Jazz aren't winning another game uh, in Houston. So just win the games at home. You win the series. Done. No, what's wrong with that's easy to do, right? Yes. All right. Uh, it's Ben Maller's show on Fox. If you would like to be part. I'm sure those Rocket fans will call. The apology line is open. We'll leave it open for you and apologize. I was right. You were wrong about the Rockets. The Rockets are a fraud. That's okay. You can admit it. Um, you know, be a big boy and admit it. Uh, 877-99 on Fox. 877-99 on Fox is the number. 9966369 is the end of that. A 65-win Rockets team being contained by that murderer's row of Joe Inglis, Rudy Gobert, and Dante X, who played big minutes, uh, was a key part off the bench uh, for the Jazz. Some of those guys, Jay Crowder, annoying the Rocket Stars. We say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia. How'd you uh, how'd you do getting into the parking structure today, Ben? Yesterday we had the uh, yeah. the issue. You, me, Danny G could not get in. That is correct to the parking structure with our we were, badges. We were denied entry. Yeah. To You're the fired. iHeart Media Building here in Los Angeles. Uh, I was able to amazingly, Eddie, smoothly transition ah. in. No, no problem. You same here. Yeah, yeah. Danny, you all right? I had no problem yeah, leaving yesterday. 
It was a smooth trip out also, so it was just a, some kind of Did group. you have to get a hold of the security guard, or did oh, you just? I was going to run through the gate if it didn't open, <laughs> so I was not going to contact the <laughs> security gonna guard. Going to A-team it, run through there? Yeah, I was just going to run it through. It was, it, there's no way I'm going to get the security guard, because he's in the middle of a comic, and you can't interrupt. When a man's reading a comic book, when a middle-aged man's reading a comic book, you do not want to interrupt that. It's a very special moment, hmm. and that's why he works the overnight shift, so we can catch up on his reading. Yeah. He, he closed his comic book, and he said, oh, give me the ticket, please. Oh, you gave him? Did yeah, because yeah, oh, he did. wanted the ticket. Nobody oh. else was out there, so he said, oh. all they care about is the ticket. Give me the ticket. Okay. See, yeah. I, I threw the ticket in the trash. Is what I Wow. What a, a rebel. Big and timer. let me tell you something else. Let me tell you what kind of, what kind of badass I am. All right? I'm what kind of re- against the machine here, fighting the machine. I took two tickets because I the, <laughs> the first the first entry into the building here I took the ticket the gate didn't open so then I backed up and I had to go to the second entry and then I took another ticket and then that one Man, opened. Can you imagine the, Man, uh, the guy bill. in charge is like, who took that extra ticket? Oh, when they what do, happened to that extra ticket? Yeah, when they do the accounting. Yeah. Oh, they're gonna freak out. They don't hell to pay. Ben, you thought you were in debt with Weed Man's Vegas show. <laughs> you know, they've got two, cameras, Ben. Yeah. They, they're going to get tickets. your license plate. They're going to send you the That's bill. That's $30 a day. Well, you guys don't know this, but Weed Man Hippie's considering changing his name what? on the show, his call-in name on the show. Yes, he's considering you. Do, I'll, we'll reveal that later. We'll reveal that later. Big news on the show. Has man. that ever happened before where a major P1 has oh, changed yes. his name? Give Cowboy, me an example. Cowboy in Windsor became Cowboy John Bread. Oh, he okay. He used to just and then be he was uh, and the and handsome he hoarder. Oh yeah, he want, and then he wanted to be called something. No, he wanted <laughs> he went from cowboy to cowboy John Brad, but there was something else. Yeah, he requested something ridiculous. I really remember. Really stupid. Yeah, really dumb from cowboy, and we we appeased him for like a week, and then we said, "Well, this is stupid." It wasn't the handsome hoarder. No, no, we that we did that to mock him. Yeah. Is what we did that because he uh, yeah. Glad you brought that up because he still listens. He's not our friend Cowboy. Still listens. He sends me emails. He says he's getting better. So, you know, once he digs out of that pile, he'll be good. Well, we're we're glad to hear that because yeah. there are some we don't know what they know. disappear. Yeah, they're our friends and they we have a great time with them and then they uh, we never talk to Following them. Following James, we don't know. We don't know what what's happened. going on with him. We we, we hear rumors. Helmet There's, Man, we don't yeah, know. Helmet yeah. Man's another one. Helmet Man used to call. He'd check yeah, in he, every couple yeah, he'd months. Stop and by and uh, visit. Top of the morning to you. Yeah, that whole thing. Judgmental John. Judgmental John, yeah. Now, I did hear from Judgmental John. He got the, the dreaded day shift. He oh, was given the plague of the day shift. It's a shift. tough break. Feel bad for him. We all had a moment of silence for Judgmental John. But, uh, yeah, those, ah, those guys that go to the day shift, man, that's like the curse. That's like being sentenced to hard labor. Bosses around. It's just you know, it's that sun burning down on you. <laughs> you have to... You have to uh... You have to interact with other people. Ugh. Oh, it's, you gotta like take showers and wear deodorant and cologne and things like that. But at our company, you get free tacos if you're here in the daytime. That's true. They do give out uh, goodies to the damn daytime. Those yeah, Cinco de tacos. Sometimes they give out cupcakes, but we get cupcakes here because we, you know, we're friends with our you know P ones and our people over at Snooky's Cookies, right? Yeah, That's right. Absolutely, good people over there. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And uh, we'll work our way towards a story involving one of the great fallen stars in sports that must be discussed. Uh, But we'll begin with the big NBA playoff game in Houston. The Rockets strutting around like a peacock, feeling pretty good about themselves after blowing the doors off the Utah Jazz in Game 1. 
and something terrible happened, something horrendous happened on their way to a win in Game 2. The Jazz did not roll over and submit to the Rockets, and in fact, they dominated for much of the game. The first half, it was all them. The third quarter, the Rockets played well, but in the end, the Utah Jazz reestablished themselves late, and they get the 116-108 to win. Now, I told you to bet on the Jazz yesterday. If you listened to the show, we said, I like the Jazz. Plus 11, the public was all over the Rockets. That's a good spot for the Utah Jazz, getting 11 points on the road in a bounce-back situation. So now it is a best-of-five series, and the Utah Jazz have three of the last five games in their home gymnasium. So they have the advantage, at least if you believe in that, uh, that the the Rockets will stumble and bumble. I, the, the Rockets will lose at least one of the games in Salt Lake. Uh, I the, the Jazz here the the formula is rather simple, right? The formula is rather simple that you now you just win the games at home and whatever you do in in Houston's house money, right? Uh, so the the story though the big takeaway a lot of people in the NBA are going nuts because Dante Exum is the hardened stopper. This is the story. Is this story going to have have legs here? Is this going to continue on? Well, we'll find out in the next couple of days. I don't know how much national media coverage this particular story is going to get because it's the the Rockets and the Jazz, and there's other matchups that are going to get much more attention. But for this night, anyway, Dante X, the advanced statistical nerds have come up with the the data that Dante Exum was matched up with James Harden. 22 times, 22 times these guys were matched up against each other where Harden was on offense, Exum was on defense. And in those 22 matchups, how many times did James Harden score? Uh, That would be once. He scored two points. Now, there's a couple of things here about this. Like, you're assuming that that's that's going to be the case. I I mean, the, the obvious, the simpleton's answer is, okay, Uh, I can coach the Utah Jazz. That's awesome. Great. Exceptional. Fantastic. So what I'm going to do, that's very reasonable. I'm just, whenever Harden's out on the court, I'm going to put Dante Exum on him, and Harden will score like six points. Right? That's it. You know, there you go. That's it. You win the game. Done. Now, if Dante Exum can do that again and repeat that, then he's going to get paid. He is going to get paid. He's going to make some money is what he's going to do. But a uh, wonderful night for the ragtag mishmash of Utah Jazz players as they get the win. All right, moving on from that, I want to pivot away from the NBA and talk in baseball. Yeah, it was a rather dormant free agent market in baseball. We discussed it a little bit here. Many of the star players had to wait to get paid, and only a handful of them actually got paid. But of all the players, as far as the pitchers are concerned, the most coveted free agent on the market, you know who it was? You Darvish. That's right. My guy, you. That's right. How'd that work out? Were you paying attention to day baseball? 85% of the world's working. The other 15% come out here. It's a playground for them. The Cub fan. So after watching you, Darvish, wet the bed, he must have thought it was Game 7 of the World Series. The Cubs, well, they, they must be so proud of their son. And they lavishly rewarded you, Darvish, with a $126 million contract. 
Now, Darvish has been nothing short of atrocious. And on Wednesday, Darvish served up not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. How about six runs in four and a third innings? And as Darvish walked off the mound at Wrigley Field, Chicago, the north side faithful, serenaded you, Darvish, with a chorus of boo flat or boo minor. Let's discuss. So the question on the Maller scale of disastrous free agent signings, 1 to 10, with 10 being Josh Hamilton in Anaheim. This is a 9-plus for the Cubbies. 9-plus, plus, 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 plus. I love it. I love it. I hope the Cubs enjoy every one of those U Darvish's starts. Uh, my observation is you've got the Golden Fleece, the Bridge to Nowhere, and the Albatross. We'll fasten all this together. We'll begin with the fact that I want to personally congratulate the Cup front office. These guys, Jed Hoyer and mainly Theo Epstein, go around. They're very braggadocious, smartest guys in the room. How's that working out? We are in early May. It's the first week of May, and already the Cubs have, for all intents and purposes, wrapped up the 2018 Golden Fleece Award. Now, if you don't know what the Golden Fleece Award is, it's handed out in each sport annually to franchises that dish out horrible free agent contracts or make disastrous trades. So congratulations to the Chicago Cubs. Now, you, Darvish, is projected this year to go 0-17, and and he's got an ERA of, of 6. But wait, there's more. My guy, you, Darvish, has a mental block with the fifth inning. He seems to be okay for the first, the second, the third, the fourth inning. But the fifth inning, now how bad has Darvish been in the fifth inning for the Chicago Cubs? I'm glad you asked. You Darvish now has an earned run average in the fifth inning in a Cub uniform of 31.5. We're in May, 31.5. He's given up 14 earned runs and 16 hits in the fifth inning. He's only gotten 12 outs. In the fifth inning, that's in six different starts. He's given up 14 earned runs in the fifth inning over six starts. Now, in addition, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Dodgers have been good. They, they stink. They've been horrible. And they won a game in Arizona, but they're mostly unwatchable. They don't seem all that interested. They're not engaged. The bullpen blows. But this is, you know what you Darvish is, his performance with the Cubs? This is a bright light. Uh, this is a chance for the Dodger fan to celebrate schadenfreude to the 10th degree. And I got to tell you, I, every once in a while I forget, I get away from my roots of schadenfreude. Underrated. He's underrated. You can really feel legitimate joy from the performance of you, Darvish, if you're a Dodger fan, a real Dodger fan. You can take pleasure Every time he walks off the mound with his head down and a crooked number up on the scoreboard against the Cubs. And he's only 31 years old, right? So he's got this season and next in his prime, the the gamble the Cubs were making were that Darvish, they were gambling he was going to be really good this year and then next year and then they were going to have to eat some bad years on the contract or he might opt out of the contract. So unless he can go to the Astros, get some of that pine tar, some of those spitballs that Verlander and the Astro pitchers have been using, 
I don't see how this ends in a positive way. This is a bridge to nowhere for the Chicago Cubs. Right? Well, nowhere good. Nowhere good for the Chicago Cubs. So what happens now? I would expect the Cubs in the next couple weeks to put you Darvish on the disabled list. They'll make up some phantom injury. They'll say that's why he sucks. And they'll, of course, be giving him a mental timeout. He's being barbecued every five days. It's you Darvish barbecue day on the schedule, and he takes them out. Now, now this is, I remember when uh, years ago, what they call fantasy baseball, in the early days of fantasy baseball, it was called rotisserie baseball. The only rotisserie baseball around today is when you Darvish is pitching, and he's the one on the rotisserie going round and round and round as the other team pile up runs. So the last thing here for the Cubs, they are so screwed with this contract, because he's got $25 million this year. He's not earning it. $20 million in 2019. But then it gets really good. Because after that, you Darvish has a player opt-out in his contract. What are the chances that he triggers that player opt-out, the way things appear to be headed? Now, he's going to opt in, which means the Cubs are going to be paying an extra $81 million to you, Darvish, when he's 33, 34, 35, 36. Yeah. So that Game 7 abomination, his contract is an albatross now for the Cubs. Good luck on that, and that performance has continued. It's spilled over to the following year. All right, Spen Mather Show on Fox. And if you want to talk about any of this, it is all fair for you to discuss. At 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. You can be part of the radio program. Also on Twitter, at Ben Maller. That's at Ben Maller. We say hi to Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. Judas Garcia. Thought maybe you were going to talk about your boy Mookie Betts passing Ted Williams in the uh, record book there. Yeah, well, I discussed that earlier. In another another space. Uh, Eddie, uh, deep dive on Mookie. He's on pace at fifty nine home runs this year as a leadoff hitter and drive himself in more than half the time because the six seven, well, actually the seven eight nine hitter for the Red Sox aren't getting on base. So, you know, we have a Mookie Betts bobblehead here in the uh, in the updates. Yeah, studio. I wanted that. I was supposed to be mine. You can you want it? I can bring it into you if you'd like. No, you 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 took ownership. Well, it's 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 just in here. I I don't have ownership. I thought you it. had. We, we were, there was that period a couple years ago where we were getting bobbleheads. Now yeah. I scored more though because I got the Philly fanatic and I got Wally the the Green Monsters. I got a bunch of mascots. I got somebody uh, hooked me up. I think it was the the bobblehead benefactor with the Brewers mascot, Bernie the Brewer. Yeah, got him. Yeah, I've got the Royals mascot. Man, I got a good collection. I know you were jealous of my pirate parrot, though. I was. I yeah. don't. I don't believe I have the pirate parrot. That's the one that the missing link from my mascot bobblehead collection is the the pirate parrot. I do not. I don't believe I have. I have to do an inventory, but I don't recall seeing the pirate parrot. What other mascots? I'm missing. I know I'm missing a couple. I got. I got most of the good ones, though. I got. I don't. Did I get a Billy the Marlin? I think I might have a, a Billy is a good one. How about Marlin Man? Do you have a Marlin Man I do bobblehead? Not. I do not. Hmm. Did you see that? He's a great mascot. Some company made a Yasiel Puig bobblehead. I tweeted out a photo of it. He's licking the bat. No, I did not see yeah, that. He, I saw the he, Justin Turner uh, walk-off bobblehead. Yeah, no, this one's better. It's I sent out a picture of it. It's it's uh, Yasiel Puig, his famous licking of the bat. 
and you can see his tongue. He's got a very big tongue, very large <laughs> tongue. Yeah, is that up to scale? The bobblehead is that? Is I don't that know. You know, they they have to. I mean, the bobbleheads have been around for quite some time now, and it's they used no, to all be generic. Yeah, it's no longer just the guy you know standing there with the bat or or you know the pitcher. Yeah. Now they got to be different. So you've got licking the bat. Now the Mookie Betts one we have in here, he's leaning over a wall. Oh yeah, this is like a famous uh, kind of like a Superman. You oh, know? That's the famous catch where he yeah. went over the fence to catch the ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a legend. Everyone knows that. There's a, there's a. I just got sent a, a picture of a Todd Frazier salt and pepper bobblehead. How about that? What does that mean? No, it's his famous. Uh, he does the celeb- you know, the salt and pepper thing. No, I don't know about that. You're not a real Mets fan. True. You're a fraud. Yeah, the salt and pepper celebration. Explain it to me. Well, you, you've never seen. You've been watching baseball every night. Well, you don't actually watch baseball, but no, it's his uh, his celebration when he does, something goes well. He does. He puts the arms together like he's twisting salt and a salt and pepper shake. I don't know how else to describe. We're on radio, like so a I'd, grinder. Yeah, like grinding. Yeah. Hmm. All right, I didn't know that. Of course, there's a big fan of the salt and pepper, huh? Different meaning for grinder for some, but uh, that's uh, that's the term that Danny chose to use. Yeah. Interesting. Why why'd you choose that word, Danny? <laughs> that uh, interesting. Hmm. All right, silence. Uh, yeah, nothing, uh, no comment on that. Not going not gonna to go there. All right, if you want to be part, 877-99 on Fox. Again, 877-996-6369. You can be part of all the fun. I saw there was a, a Marc-Andre Fleury bobblehead where he was dressed as a knight. He had the knight costume on. Oh, is that right? But not the helmet because he can't have the helmet because you couldn't see the guy's face. That's true. We could have it, like, you know, situated up on top of your head. Yeah. You know, during timeouts, goalies will do that a lot when they drink their water. There's a Joel Embiid one where he's got the mask on and he's in, like, uh, street clothes because, you know, he's always hurt. So, Is, is that a joke? Or you? No, that, I'm telling you, there's a bobblehead of Joel Embiid wearing a mask and he's in street clothes. And there, there's a Liberty Bell behind him. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they'll do anything. People and buy this. Tiny little Kevin Hart next to him. <laughs> <laughs> Should be, but maybe behind the Liberty Bell. Might be behind the Liberty Bell there. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled. And. Right back at it, the master of ceremonies, the Coupe de Loup. But on Tuesday, Manny Machado told reporters that he'd like to stay with the Orioles all year long. What do you think the chances of that actually happening are? Well, if, if 100% is yes, he's going to stay, I'll go 2%. I'm going to go 2%. A, the Orioles are tracking to lose 90 games. They could end up a 100-loss team. The roster sucks. Uh, they, they have a couple of good players, but it's not enough. The pitching staff's a mess. Manny Machado is going to sell his services to the highest bidder, as he should do. Baltimore is not going to compete with the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Cubs and the other teams that are going to be throwing around a lot of money there. So it's not going to stay in Baltimore past this year. Now, the, the, the reason I'm only going 2% and not 0% is because Peter Angelos, the famous personal injury lawyer who's 88 years old, he might do the unhinged, irrational thing and decide, I don't wanna I don't wanna trade this guy. I like him. I wanna I wanna keep him in an oil uniform as long as I can. It's an odd dynamic, but there's a ninety-eight percent chance that Machado's traded two percent he stays. Next. 
The Nationals were getting tired of Bryce Harper constantly being walked, so in an attempt to combat that, they started Harper off in the leadoff spot the other day. Now, it paid off as he was pitched to and then later hit a three-run home run, hit another home run earlier today. Ben, yeah. could you see this as a permanent switch for the Nationals? No, no. This was a desperate situation. It's worked out the first couple of games. But you know, remember, the, the leadoff hitter, you, you're only guaranteed one at bat a game where you lead off. And, and we saw in Boston, I talked about the fact that the Red Sox are having this problem with Mookie Betts. He's hitting all these home runs and there's no one on base. Number two, this is more of an indictment on the rest of the Nationals lineup. But selectively the Nationals will do this, but eventually they'll move Bryce Harper back down. Next. Joel Embiid threw some shade at the Celtics fans yesterday saying that Philly fans are louder. Yeah, Ben, what's the loudest crowd that you've been a part of? Well, that's a good question. I I would say the World Series years ago, the Marlins, there were like 70,000 people there. It was at a football stadium. They were winning the World Series Game 7. That was ridiculous. Uh, So I I would probably say that. There have been some football games that are pretty loud, but that's the one that I still remember the shaking uh, in the stadium, the the people jumping up and down when the Marlins won the World Series. And – but – Boston fans are louder than Philly fans. And Joel Embiid, I win. There you go. I won the game. That's you lose. You I fail. won. I won the game. I'm a winner. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. It's now time for... Time for... Well, hurry, hurry. I can hardly wait. Ask Ben. Twitter! Send us your questions on Twitter now. All right, here's Ask Ben. Your questions are answers. First question comes from David. He says, did you receive the package of mustard? No. Uh, Coop, have we received a package of mustard? We have not. No. Uh, unless, I mean. He says I'm, he's suing UPS if we didn't get the package of mustard. I don't know who he uh, addressed it to, uh, if it was just general like Fox Sports Radio, but it was it has not I think been. it was Ben uh, Maller's show. I, I told him Ben Maller's show, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, then that, that would have definitely been delivered to uh, the desk okay. by now. Uh, we have not received uh, any kind of packages of delicious uh, mustard. We've not done it. Uh, and this is Ask Ben. Your questions are answers for the rest of the hour. Overwhelming your ears. Unless it doesn't, we pass the mic over to Koopa Loop for all of these questions. All right, Ben, this is a question from Patrick on Facebook. Hello, Patrick. Ben, are you planning on gardening on May 6th, World Naked Gardening Day? Ah! Uh, no. I will not. Well, I have, uh, unfortunately, I bought a house uh, that has a couple of big trees and stuff, but I pretty much let nature take its course. You know, I figure that the leaves will fall off when they're supposed to. Yeah. Every like twice a year, I'll go out and I've got. I, I did go to Home Depot, or if Dick and Dayton's listening, I went to Lowe's and I bought these uh, trimmers. So I have. I feel like a grown up where I could cut back the trees if I had to, but I do it like twice a year and I do it for like two hours and then I'm like, oh, I got to watch a football game. Get me out of here. So no, I will not be naked uh, in my yeah. garden. It seemed like you and your wife didn't like greens in the backyard. <laughs> I didn't complain. Don't put don't put that on me. I was uh, I was in the other room. I didn't even know about it. All right, next. All right, Ben. Uh, this is for uh, this is for the whole crew. Uh, this is from Bob in Bowling Green. Hey, Bob. He says I can do several cartoon character voices, accents, and impersonations. Can any of you do a favorite voice or impersonation? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do like a, a, an old man voice, but, uh, I, I can't, not on cue. Like I'm not a trained seal with it. You know, it just kind of happens. I can do that, but yeah, I can't do it on cue. So, so no. And all my impersonations I've been told over the years sound exactly the same. 
Like if I'm doing, I could say like I'm going to do a Homer Simpson impersonation or I'm going to do a, uh, you know, I don't know, Mickey Mouse. Or whatever. They all sound the same. So what about you, Eddie? Any skills you want to share impersonations? Uh, uh, I don't know. I've been known to dabble, I guess, a little bit. I don't know if there's like a go-to character that I have that uh, just You feel it. It's do. in the moment. Yeah. I've done Alf before on the show. Remember Alf from the uh, 80s? Oh, it's very relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. We do a little Alf, right Alf? Yeah. yeah, sure. All right, here we go. Ha! Willie! <laughs> Mark, thank Dave. you. All right. Danny? No, not really, but uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago, when we were on a pause for the cause, yeah. I channeled Brian No somehow. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was really yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> and it stopped Coop in his tracks, and he was like, my God, you sounded just like No. You know what's great? Have you were you here? I don't know if you were here at this time. There was a guy named Drew Belzer that worked at our company. Yeah. I like Drew; he's a good guy. And he was doing. He was a producer on the week as like an update guy. And one of the hosts didn't show up or whatever. And so Belzer had to go on the air and host the show. And it was like the Jim Rome show from 1999. <laughs> he was like doing the Jim Rome show. It was amazing. Awesome. Did he say rack up? Oh, it was, I, 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 I listened. I was leaving. And I, I, I was listening. I, said, I called him up. I said, this is unbelievable. You, when, when, Rome, when Rome takes a day off, you should fill in for him. What about you, Coop? Um, I mean, I, I feel like I can, I can do a number of different things. Uh, late, lately, I've been, uh, I mean, one of my favorite ones is Dustin Hoffman's Hook from, you know, Captain Hook from, from Hook. Yeah, you want to give us a little bit of that? Um, all right. Uh, good form, Jack. Good form. Right, mark tape on that. <laughs> all right. Good. Thank you for that. Very I've never solid. seen that. Have you guys seen that movie? What? Oh, it's a classic. Yeah, I've never seen that. I watched it earlier today. <laughs> well, that's why you just did <laughs> for the, that. For the then. 50th time. It, yeah. yeah, it's a good movie, Eddie. you got to check that out. Right, we'll pause for the cause here. More of Ask Ben. These are your questions and our answers for the rest of the hour, as we say, from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. More Ask Ben next. And right back to it we go. It is Ask Ben. Your questions, our answers. A lot of questions still coming in. We'll get to as many of them as we can. If we don't use your question on the air, it means it probably sucked. Or we didn't have time to get to it, so you can resubmit it on a future edition of Ask Ben. Koopa Loop, what do we have? Well, Ben, this one is kind of topical, so I... Figure okay. we should ask it. All right. Uh, this is from Ivanson on Twitter. From the it's Quickie for, Mart. Yes, it's for the uh, the whole group. Who in sports, players slash coaches or media personalities, would you want to punch in the face? Uh, that's good. Who among active players would I want to punch in the face? Let's see. Who's got the most punchable face? Josh Rosen of the uh, Arizona Cardinals. I'd like <laughs> to punch him in the face. He seems like... Yeah, it's just annoying. Uh, Eddie, who do you want to punch in the face? Oh, LeVar Ball. Oh, uh, no, I want to hug LeVar I'd Ball. like to kick him in the face, actually. No, Can I, I kick wanna, him in the no, face? I think no, that would do more no, damage. No, no, I want to hug him. I'll protect him. I'm his muscle. Uh, well, could you, like, you know, I'd like his head to be like a football on a tee. Wow. Wow. And I could just, like, step into uh, it. Holy smokes. You want to apologize right now, Eddie, or wait nope. till tomorrow? Okay. <laughs> uh, Danny G. Uh, they showed him on camera last week, and, and Ben, he's from your beloved city, Boston, so... Uh, my apologies, right. Boston, but back in the 80s Showtime Laker days, Danny Ainge. Oh, was Danny just the, Ainge is great. Oh, he was the biggest crybaby ever. You know, I sat next to Danny <laughs> This is a true story. Danny Ainge, I've told this before, but Danny Ainge, got when he got fired from the Suns because he said he wanted to spend more time with his family, he immediately took a job at TNT. And I sat next to Danny Ainge. He was flew to L.A. early. He was doing a Laker game, 
for TNT, but the Clippers were playing the night before. The only open seat was near me. I sat next to him the whole night. We didn't watch the game. We watched the news coverage at that time. Remember the DC sniper? Remember that story yeah. years ago? That was going on, and I sat there with Danny Ainge, and we watched this. The uh, He didn't even care about the basketball. He wanted to watch that. So. Well, he's a great executive now, but he definitely has a punch-me face. Oh, he's a friend of mine. Watch TV with him. Uh, what about you, Koopaloo? Who do you want to punch? Now, see, I would. Uh, there's nobody that I hate more than LeBron James, but... I believe Tom Brady has a much more punchable face. Oh, no. <laughs> so I would definitely He's go with hippie. Tom Brady. He's a hippie. And I'm upset with Danny G because the guy that you were supposed to pick to punch, you didn't pick. Who's that? Pedro Baez. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. It's because I've put him out of my mind you altogether. Blocked him out. Yes. Ben, why didn't you pick Hugh Darvish? <laughs> yeah. I, I could have done that too. Good yeah, point, Eddie. Hugh Darvish. That's a fair one. Yeah. Can I add him to my list? That's my number two. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right, this is a question from everybody. This is from uh, Will Guth on Twitter. Hello, Will. Which one of the three Back to the Future movies is your favorite? Well, the original can be, cannot be duplicated. That's the gold standard. They can, you know, they, they, the second one wasn't bad, but the first one was the the bomb. What about you? Anybody disagree with that? Yeah, Any, it's clearly the first yeah, one. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, I think three is underrated a little I bit. I didn't see three, so. What? what? I don't no. remember. I saw it, but I don't remember it. Especially with Mary Stein. Steen Virgin. Steen Bur- yeah, in her You know the, the, uh, the shopping mall where they did the, the test of the cars? Uh-huh. It's uh, not, not far from our yeah, studios it's not here. far away. From so. the Geico studios. Yeah. Really? Good job, Danny. Yeah. Thank you. They filmed it, a lot of it around here, yeah. And what by the way, the first, the original Back to the Future, Ben, it might be arguably the best movie of our of our lifetime. Really? Whoa. From start to finish? Yeah. No. So Calm a down. liar, liar, no. dude. Of modern time. <laughs> well, li- liar, liar. Exactly. Liar, liar is a close Come second. Yeah. Close second. All right. Next. All right. Um, I don't oh, know. Wait, if, you didn't answer. Especially oh, the elevator scene. You agree with oh, that. Oh, no. I, yeah. I agree yeah. with you, Ben. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know if, this is, if there's some hidden meaning behind this that you know more than I do. All right. But this guy on Twitter, this is a question for you, Ben. Okay. Eric Tibbetts is the guy on Twitter. Mr. Tibbetts? Yeah. Uh, Tibbetts, Tibbetts, Tibbetts. Which yeah. movie musical did you like better, Grease or Xanadu? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know anymore. My wife is, though, the rumor is that the wife's dragging me to a musical in a couple of weeks, that I'm ah, being dragged to a nice. musical. So. Under protest. I'm already filing the protest. But that, that, that was part of the deal when you signed up for a second radio show. That's right. Yeah, I agreed. When I agreed to take another gig, I had to agree to do these uncomfortable things like musicals. Uh, all right, anything else, Coop? What do we got? We got time for a couple more quick ones. All right, Little Troller. Ben, uh, when you open your restaurant chain, will you be calling it Mallers? And uh, will you completely ban all ranch dressing from the premises? Yeah, there will be no ranch dressing uh, on the premises at all. Or it's Boo. evil cousin blue cheese. No blue cheese dressing as well. I think I'll call it mallards. I think that's what mallards? I call it. Mallards? Yeah, mallards. Like the duck. Quack, quack, quack. Really? Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to call it. But I'll have chicken fingers on the menu. I mean, mostly chicken fingers based. Tastes like duck. I'll have barbecue and chicken fingers. <laughs> and it'll be like the kind of uh, a menu a, a, an eight-year-old would love. That's what I'm going to have. All right, another quick one for you, Ben. Yeah. It's from Frank on Facebook. Hi, Frank. He said he's in the middle of a stretch of 22 consecutive days working. What's the most consecutive days in a row that any or that you have worked? All right, I, uh, when I did BenMaller.com, it was a seven-day-a-week website. I did radio on the weekends as well. For approximately nine years, Oh my God! I pretty much worked every single day, either web or radio. What about anybody? Eddie, anything? Uh, no? Uh, 
No, I, no I don't one, know. No one else. All right. Like yeah, it was seven at the most. Yeah, and I would still be doing that if I hadn't gotten married. If I if you know I got married and you know all that changed, but uh, yeah, otherwise I'd still be doing. It. Or I'd be in a grave somewhere at this point. You know, I mean, come on. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 